Kamaru Usman, congratulations. You defended your title again for the fourth time in a row. UFC 261 was a very interesting card, especially the main card. Um, I say that because a lot of the UFC fights so far have not been that interesting. A lot of the UFC events haven't been that interesting at all. But tonight, well, not tonight, so tonight I'm recording this on a Monday morning here in the UK. Uh, Saturday night seems to be a really interesting event, especially because of all the... Uh, the injuries and the head kicks and the the knockouts i suppose it just it was fucking awesome it was right really really uh interesting interesting event so um Ilsen versus marvidal uh the rematch Ilsen versus marvidal 2 uh the first round uh there was good st- uh, good stand between the two guys uh Ilsen was coming off some really really heavy shots uh you know, i do i'm like him and, you know the more and more i see this guy fight the more and more i see um, why they call him the Nigerian the, the Nigerian nightmare, and why they call him why they say he's a problem. So, um, uh, you know, in the first round, he uh, his stand up was good, as I said before. There were heavy shots were there, and uh, you know he got a powerful takedown. You know, he kind of body slammed um, his opponent um, Jorge Mavidal onto the canvas, and you know Mavidal's from what from what I could see, in my own personal opinion. Masvidal looks like he was coming at Usman with virtually everything in his arsenal. The flying knees, striking, um, the kicks, you know, everything, you know, <laughs> everything you can think of you know, as a mixed martial artist. So, you know, seeing how um, Usman defended himself there in the Oxygen was really, really good. And I was really impressed and uh, really glad. And this is the fourth time now, you know, for, the fourth time he's defend, defended his title. Uh, his ground game was good. It was really good, and you know he's a wrestler, so obviously his ground game will be that'll be a piece of cake to me. It'd be a walk in the park, you know. I liked how he kept Marvado on the on the ground, was controlling controlling his opponent on the floor, and was keeping his opponent on the floor for you know a good length of time. So that really was all the um the first round, you know. Um, there was just a, the, the fights on both sides was really heated and really you know fiery. Now the second round's where things got became really really interesting, you know. So they'll pay they'll, you know stand up was was good especially from us was good especially from Usman's side and um just out of nowhere um there was that, that heavy right hand you know I, I i call it the winning right hand because it just knocked out Usman, um Usman. it knocks out marvidal cold on the floor you could just see the sweat flying just flying from the guys from the guy's face you know so um no it was um it was really good and um uh, really enjoyable i mean yeah, and Usman won via um via KO knockout. So his defense, Usman is now defending his title for the fourth time in a row now. Um, you know, again as I said before, you know, each and every time I see this guy fight, you know, more and more it becomes clearer to me why they call him the Nigerian Nightmare, why he's nicknamed the Nigerian Nightmare, why he's nicknamed also a problem. You know, his ground game's so good. You know, you know he seems to be to me he seems to be a real a really well-rounded fighter. You know, when he was going to fight um, Gilbert Gilbert Burns, and looking at Gilbert Burns because of his size and how how scary he is with his hands, um, you know, I thought that Usman didn't stand a chance, especially, you know, because before he, he took a ground game, we got to make, you got to make sure you can go past a person, stand up, and then get them on the ground, on the ground, uh, you know, in a takedown. But, um, you know, that wasn't the case. And again, you know, Usman beat him. So, again, as... So I need to learn a lot about the sport. You know that's something that you know in that in that particular fight, I thought that Usman would unfortunately be the the loser. I thought that Burns would win, but you know I was proven wrong. So I I kind of looked into like 
Osman's past and just to see why he's such so good at what he does, especially his wrestling and his grap his grappling, why his ground game is so good. So just a bit more background on he's number two currently number two in the UFC pound for pound rankings and you know as a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So his wrestling background is really strong. He's been wrestling since uh, he's in high school, and is a, has a record in high school of fifty-three to three. So fifty-three wins and just three losses. So altogether fifty-six fights. And at university, at university, keep getting tongue twisted. At university, where he attended for several years, three years, he was always at least in, in the top three of rankings for each of the three years he attended university, which was at University of Nebraska at Kearney. Whilst at the University there of Nebraska, he was a two-time national finalist, and in 2010 he became the NCA Division National Champion, and they achieved the record of 44 wins and one loss, altogether 45, uh, 45 fights, and he won virtually all of them. Now his mixed martial arts record: 19 wins and one loss, and in the UFC he's had 14 wins. So, and if we go further even more into his background you know the sort of coach he has for grappling is um, Jorge Santiago who himself was a welterweight champion in 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 Sengoku and was a strike force middle middleweight grand prix champion his striking coach is Trevor Whitman who's a former boxer so with all of that in your arsenal with all of that um under your belt there's no way you're not going to be a really successful mixed martial artist mixed martial artist especially when um when your ground game, you know, is so good, there's no way you're gonna, you know, you're gonna force any departments. You know, you're gonna do really, really well. So, uh, for, for just from this, looking at his record, looking at how he performs in the octagon there, and looking at his background, it kind of makes sense to me. Just again, I still see myself as a novice um, mixed martial arts um, uh, fan. Using Kamara Usman as an example, as an example, when you see a, a mixed martial arts fighter. You see how well they're doing in the sport. And you see how good their record is. If we go back into their history and just see what, just see why, where they're coming from, the sort of background they have, whether it's okay, whether they've been wrestling or boxing. If you see that they've got, if they've been doing this for so long, have been been really successful at it for so long, if they've got the right people in their corner, then there's no way that they're not going to be um, successful, successful, especially in the sport and especially in an organization such as the UFC. And um, so yeah, now moving on, uh, there was the Chris Weidman versus Ural Hall fight. Now, I say when I saw this um, for the first time, when I saw the uh, video, when I saw the reruns of the fight, I thought to myself, okay, Chris Weidman versus Ural Hall. But then I remember back at UFC 168, Chris My- Chris Weidman versus Anderson Silva. And I thought to myself, could this be karma? But then, then again, um, I thought, no, I just got that thought out of my mind, and I thought. No, um, uh, don't be silly. It's not karma because those two guys are not fighting. As in, they're not didn't hate each other. They weren't fighting to kill to kill the other person. They're competing as a fight game. Unfortunately, as brutal as it sounds, as brutal as it is, you know, as it looks, this is what it's about. This is what it is. Take it or leave it. Um, so um, I was just just look just doing some more research into this guy's injury. You know, um, uh, because some people and. Some in some articles, some places that it had been said that the same thing he had done to someone else too, Anderson Silva. So it seemed like a really like a twist of an unfortunate twist of fate that the same thing now has been done to him. Done to him. And when I go back to the karma thought that I, you know, I thought again about it and just got out of my mind. I was thinking, you know, well, what goes around comes around. But 
I know that on both occasions, especially the first occasion when it happened to him, when I was competing against Anderson Silva at UFC 168, it wasn't intentional. But, you know, um, again, it's a fight game. It is, this is what it is. So um, it wasn't even up to a minute into the first round and Hall checks really, really well. He checks a kick from Weidman. And um, just Weidman's, from just looking at the footage, it looks like Weidman's shin, the low, his lower shin, just almost wrapped itself around um, Ural Hall's leg. And, um, you know, I've seen this happen before just quite a few times before in the past, just looking over our different fights, even fights as old as going back, back as far as 2003. And that particular injury that I saw in 2003 that when it was um, recorded and I watched it on YouTube, it's actually a fight that happened here in the UK. I can't remember the name of the two guys that fought, but one thing I've noticed is that once he ex- once the fighter has executed that leg kick, but the other opponent checks and checks it really, well, really, really well to the extent that it breaks the, that breaks their leg, they only realise that something is wrong when they try to regain, you know, their footing and they try to just regain their footing, regain their stance, and then suddenly they realise oh something's wrong. They lose balance. They fall over. They can't stop themselves from from toppling over they look down and just realize the just what's happening you know that the look of agony and pure frustration on their face and that's what i saw in um in chris weidman um you know it was just mad it was crazy um how the whole thing uh, how the whole thing happened and looking at just how the um how the bone structure of the shin of the lot that part of the leg is constructed just the overall and the overall anatomy and also looking at how the the anatomy of the knee you now you're looking at both sides of the argument but you're looking at the um the the your opponent's knee and then your shin um just looking at the two um the two um the two bits of um, the human body um I can see that there's very, very little um, skin or muscle or flesh or blood vessels there, especially in the shin area, to just at least cushion or to at least absorb some of, uh, a lot of the impacts coming from the uh, coming from your opponent. When even if they're going to check something simple as you know just check your um, your leg kick, and so when that when since that that is the case, unfortunately, your shin is going to unfortunately um, ha- get the worst end of the deal, and it's going to you know. If your leg kick was hard enough, or you know, if your opponent checks the leg kick well enough, then unfortunately you are going to suffer a broken, what well, looks like a broken leg, or what I heard from someone else, or what I, you know, what I was reading in an article when I was researching this, you're going to suffer a serious, serious fracture because that, of course, will require an operation, uh, some bits of metal, a rod, and a plate to be inserted into into your leg, and you know, some emergency surgery, and you're going to have to. Re- take time to recover and to recuperate for at least nearly a month and a half maybe two months or so because that's a serious injury your leg is more or less broken and you need some time to really 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 um uh, recover so um that's no that's no um uh, that's no um no joke at all and you know the body is such that when you have an injury um especially a serious injury ser- serious injury excuse me always getting so tongue twisted when you have a serious injury such as this one, a broken bone, um, or a serious, a serious severe fracture, you know when it heals, you you do find that actually it's never really the same again. So, um, and especially in the case we're dealing with uh, in sports, especially mixed martial arts sports, 
the fact that you know that's going to be the overall result even though it would have healed but of course there's also the time as well because these guys they hate being inactive they hate it I mean uh, you saw the case of um, Hamza Chamaev earlier this year where he was even I mean the whole thing was almost like a like a hug or something just to drive some hype and attention he had COVID-19 um, he had his fight with Leon Edwards rescheduled more than three or four times and I think when he was still showing signs of the virus or stuff, suffering from the symptoms you know, um, uh, heavy chest, um, difficulty with breathing, high temperature, fever. Um, he uh, even went to his social media, his Instagram and his Twitter and posted, posted something saying he's had enough, blah, blah, this and that. And everybody thought it was real. Like he basically was saying he was going to retire from the sport. He just couldn't continue any, any longer. And he just didn't feel like um, like competing anymore. Just his mindset had completely changed, you know. Um, you know, and... The, what what was initially said was that doctors had said that he should take time off just to recover to recuperate and um, he just didn't like that he wanted to be in the gym training all the time and Dana White confirmed this that he had been told he'd been given a really strong steroid to just help with the to cope with the symptoms and just it was part of his um, you know just for him to you know to help him to recover and to finally get his health back so he could go back to competing and um, even he, even then, he went against the doctor's doctor's advice. He went against the doctor's advice, and still went back into the gym, was training, and you know, it only made things worse. And so he felt so bad, so physically ill, and uh, mentally, just wasn't there anymore. And he took to social media and said he posted that post saying, "I can't go on like this, guys, anymore. Um, I've just had enough, and yeah, I'm retiring from the sport." And then later on, a few days later, he found out that just a lot of bullshit, just just to drive some hype around the whole the whole matter, and just to get more eyes on him, <laughs> more attention and stuff like that. Because people did think it was real, I thought it was real, you know. So, um, just something like that's just an example of how when something like this happens to fighters, they really do, really do really do not like it at all because it means they're gonna have to uh, go through uh, months of just being idle while they get better while they heal and get their strength back while their health gets better while they basically recover and it's something they hate i mean i would hate that as well even though i'm not <laughs> even though i'm not a mixed martial artist um i would hate being idle just sitting around doing nothing because you know you have an injury which understandably you have to um you need rest but still you always want to be keeping busy and doing something and of course, that's the issue. Uh, as I said before, again, you know, of time. You know, the longer these guys leave things, the older they get, the less um, there's lesser ch- there's a greater chance for them being cut, or you know, there's a lesser chance for them getting a fight in. There's a lesser chance of any fight that they're given. Um, there's a lesser chance they're going to win that fight. So because they're getting older, and there's always someone there's your there's always younger blood. Um, there's always someone else who's willing to come in and take. The, take their place you know there's always a younger person that is always ready and willing to take their place you know because there's always young blood coming into the sport all the time all right i finished waffling waffling about that but it was it was really a shock just hadn't it was a surprise for me you know i've seen this happen quite a few times now but it's still something that still shocks me to this day how easily that the leg breaks when it's just merely checks but the other opponent just has to move their leg in a particular direction to stop their just stop the other person's leg kick hurting them or injuring them in the sport and it's just it still amazes me how easily how fragile and, and how delicate the shin seems to be 
when he executed leg kick in that manner. But you now hopefully he uh, recovers and uh, gets well soon. So the next fight that you know interested me was the Rose Namajunas versus Zangweli uh, fight. Zangweli fight. So hopefully, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, now I thought that Zangweli would win this. I really did. But uh, it's one of those occasions whereby um, uh, I was proven wrong, and probably many other people proven wrong as well. Because I've seen some of Young uh, Wei Li's uh, fights before. She's a tough opponent. She's just really a tough, tough, fiery opponent in the when she's fighting in the octagon there. So I really thought that Rose would be the winner, but she proved <laughs> I was proven wrong again. And um, uh, yeah, she's now the champion of the is it the strawweight women's strawweight division of the UFC. She's now ranked um, above number one. Uh, so well, it was a good stand up between the two ladies at, at first, and just out of nowhere, um, uh, Rose just landed that leg kick. I mean, she was move- pacing from side to side, shifting here and there, shifting side to side, con- consistently always moving. Uh, Zhang Li was like trying to close in on her with. Um, with with just some heavy heavy strikes, and just out of nowhere, Rose just landed that head just landed that head kick, and you know Zangweili just sent straight down to the ground. And you know it was crazy because Weili looked dazed when she was put, when she came round when she came to, and she, at first she was thinking no that just didn't happen. What like what the fuck? There's no way she hit me like that. And I just went out cold. That no, I I know why I saw. Th- that just didn't happen and she was like really pissed off at our corner at the referee at the you know the um just even i think she was pissed off at rose as well because i could see how the whole thing happened probably what what really would have happened is that whaley was just waiting to get a shot in was waiting for the perfect time to to attack and then just rose was moving left to right and then whaley just didn't see it coming no no i just didn't see that le- that head kick coming and then bang you know just out cold so to, 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 yeah that I think more like that's um, what was what happened the, the commentary I think they kind of confirmed that um, probably because Rose was moving so much where he's almost like hypnotised into, into, like, into like a mini trance and um, just Rose sees the opportunity to just uh, take her opponent out with a head kick so last but not least I think those old news and if you listen to this podcast to the end um, Tyron Woodley has officially be, officially been made um, uh, has officially been cut from the UFC so now he's going to be testing the uh, market as a free agent and uh, the only question I have now is that what should he do where should he go um, I think he should go to because um, he he's a you know he's still a good uh, mixed martial arts fighter and even though he's old in terms of mixed martial arts he's that what 39 now so he's nearly 40 years old um, I'm sure you can still I say this about quite a few fighters who run the late 30s early 40s that you can still get at least even if they're retired you can still get at least one or two fights out of them uh, for Glover Teixeira um, I think more than likely he will go to Bellator like a lot of the other UFC fighters who have been cut from the UFC have done in the past I think go to Bellator or go to one championship um, yeah I think those are two options because those are those are the other two other big organizations in uh, mixed martial arts that um, he's already got the name so he's already made a, na- a name for himself in the sports of mixed martial arts and combat sports so i think now it's just hopefully i'm putting this right in the correct words 
now it's just uh, earning as much money as possible before finally you decide to retire. So I think it's either Bellator or one championship they'll go to. So guys, with that, I'm going to round up this podcast. Um, there's a lot going on in the mixed martial arts world and there's something else that happened at UFC 261 with Daniel Cromier. I like Daniel Cromier, like him, he's a decent guy. Um, and there's some, someone approached him and annoyed him and annoyed a lot of the crowd at uh, UFC 261. I'm not going to mention their name because I don't want to give them the, the airtime which they do not deserve. No, they haven't done enough in, in combat sports to um, yeah, to earn the airtime. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to know myself or even annoy my viewers or my listeners by mentioning their name. You probably can tell who who it is, but you know, still, I'm not going to, their words are not going to leave my lips. So guys, with that all done and, done and dusted, uh, sorry for my rambling of my arms and ours, but I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you do, please don't forget to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe if you enjoy my content. It really helps me when you do that. You can listen to the podcast on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud as well. And if people share to other platforms, please check online on Google and just check out whether it's been shared to other um, platforms or to the not-so-major platforms out there. So, guys, with that, thank you very much for listening and watching.